0: If your group needs to have a conversation about a difficult or controversial subject for the purpose of understanding one another, I would like to introduce you to a guide for planning such a dialogue for your group. For more information, contact me at my email address, will at willjackson.com. Welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, welcome, Brian, to Conversations About Life. Well, thank you. Looking forward to talking with you. Me too. So, we knew each other um, back, um, I guess it's been about 20 years ago. We were part of the same church, and I didn't know you real well then, but um, I remember you were friends with uh, Mark and Janet, and I don't know if you've stayed in touch with them over the years. I know you're living out of the area right now and um, and I remember um i I think I kind of remember I didn't know what was going on in your life in detail, but I remember when you were um, you know kind of getting involved in Christianity. I think your wife was first, so you know that's something perhaps we can um, you know talk about here in a few minutes, but first of all. I just took a look at your um, Facebook profile to see what you were up to. And it says you're a solution architect for 3M. That sounds interesting. Oh, what kind of work do you do?
1: So about uh, two years ago, I actually joined a company called KCI, which is a wound management company. We sell negative pressure wound therapy devices for people that get severe wounds and 3M bought us about a year ago. So what I do is I work in the digital wound care group and we're writing apps and websites for clinicians and patients to help manage and track their wound journeys um, and then just to help with wound care in general. It's, a, it's not a real standardized um, practice out there. So we're trying to help standardize that practice and, and so we're supplying some digital tools to go along with our uh, therapy devices and dressings. So that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years.
0: Okay. Okay. And then just looking at your education, it looks like it's pretty um, like uh, different disciplines, uh, chemistry, um, psychology, computers. Um, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I've got, so I've got two master's degree, one in computer science and one in writing. Um, I started off in my undergrad wanting to go to medical school. So that's why the chemistry, psychology, I was going to be a psychiatrist. Um, decided I didn't want to spend the next 12 years in school. Uh, I was on the waiting list for a couple medical schools, but didn't get in right away. So pretty much put that aside um, and went into computer science. And when I did that, well, I actually started working for an insurance company doing claim auditing and got into programming on my own. Um, and then decided to get the uh, degree in programming. But the University of Minnesota would would have made me take basically all of my core classes over if I wanted another bachelor's degree. So it actually was easier to get a master's degree. So I got the master's degree in computer science. Spent many years working in IT. I mean, I've been in software development for thirty plus years. And then in about two thousand and nine or six or so, I started going went back to school for writing and got a master's degree in writing. Did a little bit of adjunct teaching in St. Louis, okay. and then we moved to Arizona. And since then, haven't really done anything with the writing degree other than some of my own writing.
0: Okay, right. And I <laughs> didn't mention that, but you do write. And um, so, um, and then, uh, you know, the way you described yourself, I think it was um, on Facebook was living for God and loving it. So that says something about just what your values are and what you're all about. Then there was a quote that I didn't quite get under the favorite quote section. It was, uh-huh. keep on passing the open windows. What's that about?
1: Well, that quote actually comes from a John Irving book, um, Hotel New Hampshire. Um, it, it I just like the quote. The, the quote itself within the book is actually a uh, – it's don't jump out the window basically, you know, no matter what life throws at you, oh. just, uh, keep going. Don't give up on it. So uh, that that's, that was put in there a long time ago. Okay. I mean, that was probably put in before I was a Christian actually, but, um, yeah, that's the, I used to read a lot of John Irving, haven't read him lately, but that was from hotel New Hampshire. So
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, what you know as far as introduction what else would you say about yourself just to explain or to, you know to say who you are as a person
1: um well I mean i I've, I've been a Christian for like you said about 21 years it was Mother's Day 2000 actually when I came to Christ so that's really been the the defining piece of my life for the last 20 years is just growing in Christ and I would say I'm still a you know I'm still growing and I'm still I wouldn't exactly describe myself as an overly mature Christian, but because it's a, it is a process. Um, Plus, like I said, I'm a part-time writer. I like to write fiction, um, play golf. (laughs) That's my big hobby out here. We live in Arizona now in Phoenix, so I get to play golf year round. So I'm liking Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Getting close to retirement. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a few more years to go here. Um, So that's, you know, I've got a, One son lives in Vancouver. He's in the film business as well as the software business. So we spent a lot of time supporting him and working with him. So right now we can't visit as much as we'd like because of the whole COVID thing going on. But he was down here for Christmas. But yes, I guess that pretty much describes me.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, it's interesting, um, your conversion, because you were... Um, an adult, you know, a lot of people grow up in Christianity and so forth. How old were you, you know, when you um, became a Christian?
1: Yeah, I was um, 38 years old, or almost 39, actually 39 years old, because I grew up in an unchurched house. We we didn't go to church or anything. Uh, my parents are non-believers to this day, as far as I know. Um, and and yes, yeah, so I was 39 years old.
0: And what was your impression of Christianity uh, before you yourself became a Christian?
1: I mean I didn't give it a lot of thought, and if I would have gotten into conversations, I would have uh, would have described it as a crutch that people leaned on um didn't really have beliefs anyway you know i I don't know if I describe myself as a an atheist or an agnostic. I just didn't really care or pay attention. Um, just lived my own life, did my own thing. In college, I took a major religions course. So, you know, we we got into more than just Christianity, obviously, and I just kind of lumped it in with all the rest of the crazy notions out there at that time. So, yeah, until, until I started experiencing a little bit, that's probably what I would have told you about. I just would have, you know, said I didn't really believe in anything. And it wasn't something I paid much attention to.
0: And, you know, you said before you started experiencing something, like, um, what are you referring to? Like, uh, you know, yeah, what does that mean until you started experiencing something?
1: Yeah. So in, um, I'm not sure exactly what year, but probably 1998, 99, my um, wife decided she wanted to well, well, we met that we knew the Kleinbach, like you said, um, and Janet mm-hmm. Kleinbach had invited my wife to church, and she had been looking at a church or thinking about going to church. Um, when she grew up, she went to church some as a kid, and then stopped and, and hadn't been back in a while. So she started looking for a church. And then Janet invited her to First Baptist of Arnold. So she decided she wanted to try that out and and take our son with us. And I, um, even though I wasn't really interested in myself, I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll have a Sunday. I'll have Sundays to myself, (laughs) be able to go play golf or do whatever I want to do. So um, I was, that was fine with that. So anyway, she started going to church. And and actually the first person to come to Christ in our family was my son, um, Kyle, when he was about eight or nine, probably. Um, he was the first one, or actually, we would have been about eleven or twelve, and then, you know, my wife got more and more involved, and we met, started meeting some other friends, and then actually, Mark and I used to have season tickets to the St. Louis Billikens, and we'd go um, to all the games, the home games, and he started coaching at Upward Basketball, and through that experience, he came to Christ. And when that happened, that got me thinking a little more too, because we used to sit around in the in the stands and bash our our wives, if you will, our holy roller wives for their, you know, uh, you know, going to church and whatnot. And then here he was, um, he's now become a believer. Um, so I also coached upward basketball, so got well, I was an assistant coach because I couldn't be a regular coach, because I wasn't a Christian. So got exposed to that a little bit. And also we started hanging out with um, several other couples that went to the church as well. Um, And then one day my wife said there was a Bible study she wanted to go to. And I said, okay, fine, you can go to the Bible study. She said, well, no, it's a couple's Bible study. So she was asking me to go with her. Um, And and since it was the box and the Chapmans and – the Jenners and a few other couples I had met at various social functions at church, I decided I'd go ahead and give it a try. So I actually did, um, I did the Bible study and it was a, a workbook type Bible study that we had then had stuff to do, um, during the week, you know, during the week each day. So I went through all the exercises, did everything, started thinking more about it, started reading the Bible. Um, I actually, did, we also then moved into the Book of Romans. So I did the Book of Romans Bible study um, as a lost person. So that was very interesting. Um, but that actually is really what brought me to Christ was uh, Paul's words and, and, and the Bible. I mean, the Book of Romans is a, is a doctrinal introduction, if you will, or deep theological introduction to Christianity. And that's that that I had never gotten into before. I'd never really gotten into the the theology, the doctrine, and that's what you know really brought me to Christ. And then on um, Mother's Day of 2000, I walked the aisle and accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. So that's kind of what it was. It was really just hanging out with these people that you know it, it, it changed my mind about what a Christian was. And it was hanging out with these people and just seeing. Uh, how they conducted themselves the things they believed in um, you know there wasn't a lot of pressure um, you know we even at the bible study if I had arguments or whatever they would you know patiently deal with it and talk to me and stuff so it was really the combination of seeing what true Christians are really like and and studying the bible itself so I read the bible cover to cover probably in less than a year and and that that's that's how I got to got the beginning, or got got going in that in that walk.
0: Were there any intellectual hurdles, like um, the supernatural stuff, or um, anything that you know seemed like contradictions, or just um, anything that you know was opposed to um, popular science and stuff like that? Anything like that that were was difficult to you know, that you had to deal with?
1: Um, There was. The interesting thing is I've always kind of, even before that had kind of been a, I don't know if a believer, but at least had fascination in the supernatural. So the supernatural leap wasn't um, as big a leap. I've always believed that there's things we don't understand and there's things that go on that, that we, that we don't always see or whatever. So that, that wasn't as big a deal. Um, The science bit. So, Yes, that that is was a bit of a barrier, but again, to overcome that, I dove into different theories and and, and whatnot, and I've I've read a lot on evolution. I've read a lot on um, a lot of the science, you know, the science from both points of view. Um, watched films of it, etc. So, whenever it was an intellectual challenge, I would just go down that route and start looking into it. So, I really it wasn't a hang-up to begin with, um, because again, I had studied mm-hmm. most major religions, still do some, um, and Christianity is the only one that made sense, to be honest. Uh, you know, studying the life of Jesus and who Jesus was, it makes sense. He makes sense. Um, and that that really kind of overcame everything. And then you know, the more, the more I go on, the more I understand that the world is in a spiritual battle and there is, there are two sides to that. And, and if, and looking back, I can see, you know, how those two sides work. Um, and everything in my opinion today can be explained through that spiritual battle. You know, our enemy specializes in, um, chaos and confusion. And so every, all these things, these arguments, as you put, you know, the, these stumbling blocks, That's part of that chaos and confusion. Um, And I truly believe um, that, you know, the Bible was written for Christians, and you really can't understand it until you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, working with you. And that's, you know, once I accepted Christ and received the Holy Spirit, that's when things um, really started to get clear for me in Romans, you know, twelve, one and 2 where it talks about being transformed, you know, your mind being transformed is is something I've always really hung on to that that's what happened. I mean, it wasn't anything I did. Um it was, you know, a, a total transformation of my mind by God and the and the Holy Spirit.
0: So when it came to that um point of You know, you mentioned walking down the aisle, and that day that you, uh, you know, became a Christian. Um, So, what? um, You know, what was uh, what? Did it seem like an instant where you went from um, one side to the other side, um, like in a a moment or a prayer? um, All of a sudden you know, everything has changed for you? Was it kind of instant like that? Even though, you know, there were things leading up to it, but.
1: Right. Um, yes, I, b- I believe it was. I mean, it wasn't like this big flash of light. and You know, I, I didn't have a Paul type conversion or anything like that. It's just, but once I accepted Christ, yes, I believe so. I mean, that was a, like I said that was the transformation of my mind. Now the things that I used to believe, I didn't believe anymore. Now the things I used to um embrace or or go after. I I didn't want to anymore. Um, for example, I, you know, I I wasn't by any means an alcoholic, but I would go out drinking with friends, etc. Um, I haven't had a drink since July of 2000. Uh, it's just not something I ever, I wanted to do again. Um, tithing became, it it made, I had to do it. I just felt compelled that I needed to give to the church. Um, you know, I used to not care about abortion, if you will. Now I'm, you know, absolutely opposed to it. I mean, it was almost almost instantaneous in that my thinking is, you know, got totally turned around. I mean, it, it really was. And things that, you know, I gave up a lot of the thinking I used to have. Um, obviously, there, there's things we cling to, so certainly didn't lead a perfect life and still don't, still have my Pet sins, if you will, still have those things that are difficult to, to overcome that I cling to, um, but the major things, yeah, it was fairly instantaneous. I mean, you know, to put it in today's politically uh, bipolar society, I went from a Democrat to a Republican in a flash. <laughs> it was, it was that instantaneous, if you will. So was a
0: consciousness of your own. Failing and sin um was that a major part of this um, you know for me uh, I was eighteen and uh, i wasn't i don't remember like pursuing or working through um, Romans and all of that. I just remember um, just coming to the realization that I was just morally disgusting you know and then um calling out to God and just being amazed that all that guilt was lifted from me. And that kind of began it all for me. Um, did, was there like that component involved in your own um conversion of uh just the recognition of sin and, and that kind of hitting you or and that type of thing?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I look back at all the things that I'd, I'd messed up in, in my life before that. And, and yeah, I did. That, that was a big, part of it, um, you know, and the realization that just even one of those little things I did had separated me from God. But now I had the opportunity to to get back into the, the grace of God. Um, so definitely, um, you know, looking back at and I had done, you know, quite a few, I had 38 and a half years or 39 years of being able to do lots of bad things. So <laughs> I had piled up a considerable bad record if you will um so yeah that definitely was part of it and it was really just my own so, self-centeredness and, and selfishness that that caught up to me and that's what that was the big realization is that i was just living this life for myself you know at the expense of everybody around me
0: so it's the thing that gives you confidence in the christian faith like rather than um thinking what's just a system that we're all kind of buying into is the thing that gives you confidence, what you were saying about it just makes sense. It just all kind of clicks and seems to um, make sense of everything. Or is that what it is? Or is there, or what is it in particular that um, is a source of confidence for you to, uh, to feel like, yeah, this is a real, um, this matches reality and it's not just a invention of man, you know?
1: Well, I think to me it is the Bible. Um, One of the things I did early on is studied the Bible, not just read the Bible, but studied it and its origins and, and, you know, apologetics in general. Um, That's what holds it all together for me is really the word of God and, and believing that it is truly the word of God. It's the inspired word of God. There's no, there's nothing in existence like it. Um, and, and that's really where, you know, th- that I get my confidence in the, in Christianity from it is the, is the Bible itself.
0: So there nothing like it. Do you mean, um, just in a way it resonates with you or what do you mean by there's nothing else like it?
1: I mean, there's nothing that holds together and, and has the complexity there's no other piece of literature, if you will, that can stand up to the Bible. Um, Hmm. There's no, uh, you know, if if you really get into how it was put together, who penned it, all this, you know, there, like you asked earlier, there are no inconsistencies. Um, There are lots of places where people like to make make it think like, or make it look like they're inconsistencies, but those fall apart if you really dig into it. So that's, you know, that, that's what I mean by that, is that there is just nothing, um, you know, quite like it anywhere. <laughs> you know, the second most, the, the second thing that would give, that gives me the confidence is creation itself. Hmm. Um, you know, just looking out and, and again, studying and getting to understand, uh, you know, these days, if you look at biology, if you look at what we now know about the cell, how anybody could possibly think that arrived randomly by chance. It's just, that's that takes much more faith in my mind than believing God created it. I mean, it's, you know, back in Darwin's day, a cell was a bunch of protoplasm inside of a wall. Now it's a machine, and they've identified components of it, pieces of these machines, and they're just, it's absolutely mind-boggling to look at the intric- intricacy of something like a cell. And, you know, so that's nature itself or the creation itself is the other thing that just, you know, makes me believe that there is a God.
0: Yeah. So, you know, with all of that, you know, sometimes, you know, what the question that comes to my mind is like, then how then shall we live? You know, it's like when all of that it's just kind of what you're saying just kind of hits me. Right. It just makes me think, well, what does that really mean for how I live each day? You know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. how, um, how does, you know, how, how do how do you answer that question?
1: Well, you know, that's the struggle to be honest. That's the struggle for me because I'm not a, a particularly, um, Outgoing, you know, I don't. I'm not real comfortable just walking up to anybody and talking. I'm not very good at evangelizing, if you will, face to face. Which is what got me into, you know, which is what transformed my writing. That's what I want to use as my vehicle to help people understand, uh, you know, about God is is through writing. Um, Hmm. You know, other than that, I think day to day, you just have to look at what's going on. You have to be open you know, open to the call of God. And I really haven't had a, a calling to the ministry, if you will. And and I believe that that is a, a very concrete thing that if that's your calling, you, there will be no doubt about it. So, you know, I, I, I do what I can. I, you know, I, I have a small group that I lead. I'm on the board of our church, you know, help out anything, any opportunities God puts in front of me, be happy to help out, et cetera. Um, but I also believe that you know each of us. It, it takes all kinds, right? And, and the Bible talks about that—that that we all each have our own gifts, and you know we can't all be missionaries because if we were all missionaries, nobody would pay for the missionaries, so <laughs> there would there would be no sending because they wouldn't have any way to go. Because so we all have to have our role, and that's I have to be comfortable with that and just try to do my best each day and be open to what else God might be, be presenting
0: Mm hmm well uh there's yeah some things that i'm just like to ask people because it's just interesting to me to see how people you know what's important to people and how they live and so forth are there any um Mm -hmm. like routines either daily or weekly that are a meaningful part of your life
1: yeah, so I every morning I I generally get up before my wife does, so it's usually pretty quiet. Um, every morning I read uh devotions. Well, I, I hope I try to pray. Some you know, every morning I don't get prayer time in just due to work schedule, but when I do have the time I try to take a twenty minute to half hour prayer time and then I while I'm eating breakfast I read devotions, I read the Bible, I read other books. You know, Christian books as well so that's usually a half hour to 45 minutes of my morning after the prayer time and then um, we've got a, I've got a Wednesday Bible study I go to that I'm not teaching that somebody else is teaching we do a we lead a small group every two weeks and of course we go to church every week although right now we're doing church virtually due to having our my wife's mother is staying with us and she's b- battling lung cancer so we're being a little extra careful around the COVID stuff. So we've started doing church, but I go to church every week unless we're, you know, we just can't, or we're traveling or something. So yeah, that's basically my routine um, around that, that kind of thing around spiritual growth.
0: Yeah. Um, Something that's going on in the St. Louis area that's been going on for a few years and, um, My brother's been involved with it, and then I've been involved with it like for the past little over a year, is um, men have been uh, getting together in groups of four and going through a book by uh, Greg Oden, and it's called Discipleship Essentials, and it's just Mm -hmm. a basic discipleship book, and each chapter, they normally break it down into four weeks, and uh, there's three weeks that go with the book and then the fourth week is kind of something from the outside and and anyway at the end what's actually a two-year thing so i've been involved with it for two years Uh, Uh and um, at the end of the two years the groups break apart and then the idea is like each person finds three more people and then the group that was one group becomes four groups and then After they go through it again, then it becomes, you know, it multiplies like that. Right. And it's a pretty neat thing. Um, so, um, it'd be kind of neat if it spread into other cities. But anyway, I'll just, uh, give you the, uh, the website and, um, and then, um, and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. It's djourney.org. So, anyway, um, you know you're mentioning prayer and that's something I'm wanting to get more involved in. Um what I think it was the guest I had on the podcast before the last a couple of podcasts ago, he um was t- he's with an organization called org. So their organization the purpose of it is to call Christians to seek the Lord on behalf of the nation. Mm-hmm. And um his organization he said they used to pray get together and pray one day a week for an hour, and then they increase that to two hours a day, and he. It seemed like it made a pretty profound uh, impact on his own life, and I, and I was impressed by that. And just thinking, well, perhaps I can get more involved in prayer, but it doesn't come real easy for me. I just um, I don't want to just be kind of rattling off a lot of things. I want it to be meaningful and not just you know right. going through. You know the motions and stuff. How's prayer for you? Is there anything that's uh, helpful for you? Um, and is prayer a pretty meaningful thing for you?
1: Um, yeah. So about a year ago, I read a book called Prayer Circles, um, and that that book kind of changed my prayer life. Uh, part of it was about um, finding scripture to back up your prayer because much of scripture are promises from God. So find those promises and, and call out God, if you will, on those promises. Um, so that, that's, that's really kind of transformed the way I pray for last year or so is I have a list of what I call my prayer circle list. I have a list of prayers that I go through fairly often that have scripture backing to them. Um, and, and, you know, so, so that's that's kind of how I've gone, and then obviously anything that the Holy Spirit brings my attention, or anything that's you know somebody else has said, hey, can you pray for this? That that comes in. Each of our small groups, we you know ask for prayer requests, and we do prayer to open and close, and and we take you know, those prayer lists off and pray for them. So yeah, it is meaningful, and I you know it, to me, and, and again that that book prayer circles kind of really changed the way I think. It's Mark Batterson is the author. Um, hmm. even to the point where at one point when Kyle was uh, doing something with um, Warner brothers, we went out to California for the weekend for nothing, no other reason than to prayer walk around Warner brothers studio, as well as another area we prayer walked in, in LA there. So yes, I mean, it's become a little more meaningful. I, I don't have, get as much prayer in as I'd like to. Um, we haven't got a prayer group going at this point, you know, at our church, it's a fairly small church. Um, The men's thing you listed was, you said was certainly something of interest to me because we've been talking about starting a men's group. So, I mean, I think there's a lot more opportunities and a lot more stuff we could, you know, I could be doing, but at least at this point, I do have a a fairly comprehensive prayer list that I, I go through on a regular basis.
0: You know, when you pray, does it ever feel like a communion with God, like you're connected and hearing from God? Or is it more like for you, prayer is um, that's you addressing God and then you hear from God in other ways, like through the scriptures or through providence or whatever? Or does it feel like you're really hearing from God during the prayer and there's like some kind of spiritual connection there?
1: i think for me i d- i don't i don't get a lot of that that commune communion with god during prayer time to be honest um it's more looking back and seeing things later or seeing things as they happen um there you know there there are some things on my prayer circle list that have been going on for a while and not getting anywhere so those can be a frustration to be honest um so you know it's yeah i i um it's something I struggle with. To be honest, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in a two-way conversation all the time when I'm in prayer. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't either. It's something that I would like to, you know, uh, experience. But... Yeah. Um. Well, um, are there any particular challenges? in your life in the past or present that just seem um pretty significant, like um perhaps you know God even works through those things in some way that um is significant or or maybe you know not you don't maybe you don't see God working but it's just a part of your life, something you have to trust God in Anything in particular that comes to mind that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, the biggest thing would be my writing um, because it's not going where I want it to go. And, you know, I I feel like what I'm doing, you know, I've changed my writing. My writing is now all from a Christian worldview. I've even decided to go down the path of I have a book. The book has some um, social premise to it. I want to use that book to not only get get it out into the people to read it and, you know, have some Christian, you know, Christian theology in it, but also use the profits from that book to help an organization that's involved in that particular social issue. And yet I just, I'm not getting anywhere. So, you know, I, a lot of my prayer time is like, you know, God, what do you want me to do with this? I mean, why would you give me what I think I have a talent and yet I just can't get anywhere. So that's my biggest struggle right now is, you know, is, I have a regular job I got to work at. I want to do this writing. I don't get the time I want. I'm not getting the, the progress I want. I'm not getting, you know, I'm, I'm unable to sign an agent. I can't find an agent, et cetera. So that's kind of been the, the struggle last couple of years is, you know, I, I have these ideas and these grand visions of what I want to do with this, and it's just not going anywhere. <laughs> so
0: Yeah. I um, Are you familiar with the author uh, Donald Miller? He wrote, um,
1: no, I don't believe so.
0: Yeah, he wrote, uh, Blue Like Jazz, and, um, he basically writes memoirs about his own Christian journey. He wrote Scary Close here not too long ago. But yeah, I've heard him, uh, kind of talk about, um, some of the frustrations of being a a writer and how he tries to, um, discipline himself and, like, you know, just kind of, crank uh, inspiration or no, you know, sitting down and cranking things out and and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. But um, any particular uh, impacts in your life, like um, books or people or, or, or experiences or anything like that, that have really kind of uh, shaped your life or, um, um, you know, made a big difference.
1: Well, early on, it was kind of the couples from First Baptist Arnold that we hung out with. I mean, they, they shaped my life. I don't know if you knew that. Do you know the Chapmans or did you know the Chapmans? Yeah. Charlie and Angie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Charlie made a big impact on my life. And as you know, he passed away, you know, at 45 of stomach cancer, but his whole you know, from the time I knew him until that point made a, a huge impact on my life. Hmm. Um, working in the youth, I worked in the youth for 11 years at First Arnold, and that that has made a big impact on me, too, because I didn't have that as a teenager, so I kind of lived youth group as an adult, <laughs> um, yeah. hopefully giving some spiritual guidance to these teenagers. But anyway, that, that had a big impact on me um, and, and helps me to keep things focused you know I haven't had the opportunity to work with youth here, but that's okay. Um, but it, it, so those are the things that really had an impact on me early on or on the la you know prior to to now so yeah. and like I said, that book prayer circles made a big impact on me as far as just my prayer life and how to approach it.
0: yeah well, anything else that uh, would be good for us to bring up and talk about before signing off?
1: Nothing from my end. I'm curious what you've been doing.
0: Well, um, let's see. Um, been, you know, just kind of working. I, I do some odd stuff. I, I host Airbnb. We have a house down the road. I sell used shoes on eBay. I work for my boys. Um, they have a lawn business and I do office work for them. And and then I do podcasting, um, One thing that's kind of significant is um, I um, joined a meetup group that's a men's group. It's not Christian or faith-based or anything like that, but um, it's basically just a meetup group that um, is for men wanting to deepen relationships with other men. And um, it's really gotten me out of my circles um, to talk with people who have who are totally different than me and just by the nature of the group, most of the people in there, they're fine with like the types of discussion uh, like, uh, you know, about fundamental beliefs and you know, what, what's right. life all about for you and, um, and, and that type of thing. So, um, there's a lot of just open discussion in it, which I'm just, I just really appreciate the opportunity, um, to have, and then um, the podcasting is also kind of a way to reach out and connect with people. Um, it's mm-hmm. a way to learn from other Christians like yourself, and it's a way to connect with people who aren't Christians, and just to um, um, at least have a you know a, kind of a decent discussion with them, to hear from them, to um, you know begin a relationship with them, and um, I think I grow in my sure. own understanding about mm-hmm. life and stuff through it okay. you know so yeah so you're not doing photography anymore no i'm not doing photography the industry's just changed so much um it got really crowded and uh i guess with the digital revolution and everything and uh-huh. um many of the people who were in it are not in it any longer but there is a new group of people who are in it um but anyway, yeah, that kind of fell away. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know you had a big family, so you probably spent a lot of time with your kids. Yeah.
0: yeah kids and uh, <laughs> grandkids, and so oh, there you that's go. pretty cool. Well, it's really good.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciated this. Yeah, go it's ahead. really
0: good to just to see you again and see how you're doing and see your love for the Lord and uh, to kind of think, um, to kind of remember back you know not really um kind of viewing it from a distance a little bit of just things going on in your life and um it's just great to see uh you know the work of god and uh and you know so it's it's encouraging to me and i really appreciate the conversation with you about all of this sure
1: well i appreciate you having me on your podcast it's a new experience for me
0: (laughs) all right well thanks brian You guys take care.
1: Thank you, Will. You too.